We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got Taylor Peterson along with me tonight. Draft day, A. Wiggins. <laughs> and we are coming to you guys from the Spotify Green Room app on Wednesday, August the 11th, after the Thunder have lost to the New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA Summer League 65 to 80. Taylor and I are going to break this one down for you guys. Talk about some stuff we've seen from the Summer League so far. Uh, I, Taylor, I don't think we're going to do a super long episode tonight. I feel like we've kind of overwhelmed our listeners with episodes. You and I did a show Sunday night, and then Nick and Justin have done two Las Vegas updates. Hey, basketball never sleeps. And hey, the uncontested. That is very true. So we are going to really just stick to uh, to some summer league talk and specifically this game. But Taylor, before we do that, we've been plugging and plugging and plugging along here, but the day is almost upon us. I want to make sure I pump it out a little bit more here. This coming Friday, August 13th, 6 p.m. Central Time, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Summer League team will take on the Golden State Warriors, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and the Uncontested is hosting our first ever live event. We'll be hosting a watch party at Prairie Tap House in downtown Oklahoma City. It's called Prairie Ale Works. We would love for all of our listeners to come and hang out and watch the game with us. It's Friday at 6, so as soon as you get off work, go grab your buddies, your significant other. You can grab some food and bring it into Prairie as well. So pick up your uh, your Chick-fil-A, your Whataburger, your Brahms, your hideaway pizza, whatever you want. Swing by Prairie. We will buy you your first beer of the night. And come hang out with us. Enjoy the evening. Enjoy the Friday night. 
and watch some Thunder basketball. Uh, I know I, I can speak for both Taylor and I here that we are super excited to host this event, and we hope that the turnout is really well. We really hope to meet a lot of you guys. Uh, so please make plans to come hang with us Friday night and watch the Thunder Summer League game at 6 p.m. Central Time at Prairie Tap House in downtown OKC. It's a really cool setup, too. They, um, it's technically indoors, but with it being the summer and stuff, they'll have the garages open. Um, so a, a really big area, a couple TVs. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun, a really good spot to watch the game, and uh, we can't wait. So come join us. Definitely. And uh, depending on the success rate of Friday night, we will schedule some more of these, maybe a preseason one, maybe a couple of regular season away games. We'll host watch parties uh, at, at different venues or maybe just back at Prairie. Uh, we'd really like to start making this a thing. Um, heaven forbid, public health willing, we can make it a thing uh, as the season gets here. So uh, we'd love to see you guys come out. Please holler at us if you plan on coming out. We'd love to, to know who we're going to meet. Uh, Taylor and I will be there for sure. Kamiar may be there. Unfortunately, Justin and Nick are out as they are just now getting back in town from Vegas NBA Summer League. So, Taylor, with all of that being said, we got the plugs out of the way. Let's talk some actual basketball. As we mentioned at the top of the show, the Thunder took on Summer League New Orleans Pelicans tonight and dropped the game 80-65. to About an hour before tip-off, Taylor, it was announced that Josh Giddy, who is day-to-day with an ankle sprain, uh, would not play tonight. But maybe some good news uh, and some hopeful news for Thunder fans. Josh was on the bench in street clothes, but had no protective gear on that ankle. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, There was also, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember who it was, and I feel bad now for not remembering who posted this uh, on Twitter yesterday, but Josh Giddy was on his TikTok. He's very active on there. It's kind of funny. Um, You know, younger generation of players coming in, bringing in... uh, new trends i guess hey but, speaking of tiktok we are on tiktok now we are i have posted two of them so far had a really cool one today i was very proud of so uh, be sure to go and follow us at the underscore contestant on tiktok uh, we are there give us all the follows and likes and we'll follow you all back <laughs> but seriously in all seriousness we do try uh, plan to try and get a little more active on there um and just trying to, to broaden our audience and provide some additional content um but with that being said josh giddy um, posted his ankle on his TikTok. It did not look good, Jacob. It looked like um, like a tennis ball, I think. It looked like a rolled left. ankle. We've played basketball before. It's yeah. a rolled ankle. Exactly. exactly. Which is good in the sense that it's nothing serious. <clears throat> Bad in the sense that we might not see him this week, much less the summer league. But, like you said, the fact that he was out there putting up shots, was able to put weight on it. He looked okay. Um makes me think that he might actually play Friday. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I thought as well. That whenever they uh, came back from commercial break and the second half was about to start, the Thunder were out there getting some shots up and getting loose before the second half. Josh was out there, again, nothing protecting his ankle, no boot, no brace, nothing like that. Uh, dribbling, putting up some shots. Uh, so that ha- that's at least encouraging that it looks like he's moving around on it pretty okay. So hopefully the swelling goes down a little bit. I'm sure he's getting crazy treatment on that thing. And I hope we can see him Friday at the watch party because that would be awesome. But if not, uh, maybe on Saturday, whenever the Thunder play their final summer league game. Well, not their final. They'll play one in the, the quote-unquote tournament. 
and then we'll see if they get to play any more. But uh, hopefully we'll get to see him Friday. Uh, I I get the Thunder's idea, their plan of like if it's bothering him at all, if it looks bad at all, you know, you're just being cautious and and sitting him out. But selfishly, I want to see him play. Um, I know that's maybe not what's in the in the franchise's best interest, but damn it, it's what's in my best interest because I feel basketball starved, and I just want to see see this kid get a chance to run a little bit. <laughs> I mean, and just kind of leading us, I guess, into tonight's game, like <laughs> it was pretty dull. If we're being completely honest, the Thunder uh, failed to even score. What was it, seventy points? And so <laughs> um, it'd be nice to have somebody like like Giddy out there um, being able to facilitate yeah, and, and provide a little more scoring and um, and just getting to see him play and root for some of these young guys. Um, I mean, it just like you said, from a selfish standpoint, um, we see some of these young rookies, um, such as those on the Rockets. Um, I mean, obviously, guys like Jalen Suggs, um, Evan Mobley, but there, there, there's others as well that are playing. And you just you, – you, not that like we're saying um, – like trying to compare them to Josh Giddy. It's just, it kind of stinks being a Thunder fan, not getting to see your, your sixth overall pick getting to compete and play against some of these guys. So like you said, hopefully he'll be back. If not, no big deal. And I can't really, I, I can't wait to see him in, in preseason and, um, and, and see how he looks because <laughs> those first couple of plays before he, he tweaked his ankle looked really promising. And uh, I'm, I'm just really more so excited to see how he fits with this team, I think, than anything else. Yeah, I just I want to watch the dude play. So, all right, well, let's dive into the actual game. Lots of players we can talk about. Uh, I will let you make the choice of which Thunder guy you want to talk about first from tonight's game. Uh, I mean, I guess for the sake of the listeners, um, what everybody probably is thinking uh, of when they think of this game, uh, or the first Thunder player when they think of this game, is probably going to be Aaron Williams. You know, we talked about him uh, quite a bit after um, our first post-game breakdown, after the first summer league game on Sunday night. Um, but Aaron Wiggins really did. I mean, look, I mean, there, there's there's the whole summer league disclaimer that you can put in front of everything that you can't take a lot from summer league. At, we get that. And I don't know. It almost feels like a smart NBA guy kind of thing to say, right, to – a, hedge bets, and B, because they're frustrated, and rightfully so, by um, just a bunch of fans, you know, clamoring for somebody after they do, uh, they have a big game in a summer league against um, maybe not super comparable talent level. I mean, it, it's not the same as playing in an NBA game, and I get that. But at the same time, like, there's a lot of things that I see from some of these players, I think, that will translate to the NBA. And Aaron Wiggins, Wiggins is a perfect example of that. Uh, we kind of saw it on full display tonight when other players weren't stepping up. I think even more so than we saw on Sunday night. Um, obviously, we saw him shooting from outside. His stroke looks really solid. Um, he has a quick release, and he can he can knock it down from outside. We saw him be aggressive and driving to the rim, uh, using his strength to be able to finish through contact. And uh, we even saw him create for others, right? We, we saw him with a couple of really nice passes as well. And then obviously uh, he has that, that strength and length. He's able to use that on de- the defensive end, which really uh, is impressive. Just looks like a really solid two-way player. Um, no pun intended there with him being on a two-way contact or contract. But I really do think that's somebody who's going to see some rotation minutes with the Thunder this season because I, I think a lot of these things are tangibles that will translate to the next level. Not to say he's going to be a, he, you know, not to overreact and say he's going to be a starter or he should be the sixth or seventh man. But I really do think he will get some um, some some NBA playing time this season. And I've like... 
Yeah, tonight he was pretty inefficient. Uh, I think you could say that about the entire team. 7 of 16 from the floor, 1 of 7 from 3. Uh, 16 points on 16 shots, had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. 16 shots. Uh, (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, uh, 2 turnovers and a block. Uh, He does like to shoot the ball. Um, I I, I think he does have – he's not like an exceptional athlete, but in the the sense of like – if I saw him, I would be like, holy shit, this is the most athletic guy I've ever seen in my entire life. But as far as like NBA level athleticism, he's like average. Uh, but he does have good size. I think the most impressive thing from him tonight for me uh, was that chase down block he had was a, a pretty impressive feat of athleticism that he, he does have a good NBA body. He has like adequate NBA athleticism. But and Taylor, I get where you're coming from. Like, you know, he's a two way guy. He's going to get some time because the Thunder are going to give everyone a chance. But on the flip side, like, there is a reason this guy got drafted number 55 of 60 draft picks. He is already 22 years old. Um, he will be 23 in January. So he's already like one of the older players on this Thunder team. Um, That's fine, though. Like, you need that. And, and we've seen some older guys, I think. So far, like Chris Duarte obviously is a like prime example here, but there's some older guys I think that kind of got overlooked because of their age that can contribute, and that's been happening over the past couple of seasons. You know, after taking swings on guys like Poku and Giddy, um, bringing Trey Mann in, who I guess is maybe a little older than those other two, but there's so much youth on this team already. I'm fine taking you know bringing in some some older guys like for sure. I'm just saying like his 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 ceiling I think oh, yeah, is yeah. Very, very, very defined, right? And His that's like is a a long term two way player in the league, right? Like, yeah, uh, maybe like he bounces around as like a twelfth, thirteenth type of man on on some rosters, right? right. Uh, and, and if he does better than that, like that's icing on the cake. But yeah, uh, as far as a summer league player, he's a good summer league player, and he is uh, pretty entertaining to watch. He, I tweeted tonight, he's he's a summer league bucket, like he can. He can get a shot over pretty much anybody. He had like a really interesting, like kind of semi drove in, did a half spin, picked up his dribble, spun back, did like a, a fadeaway from like, I don't know, 15 feet and hit it. And I was just like, this kid, like, he's got some touch. There's some stuff there to work with. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. But at the end of the day, he, he kind of, he is what he is, right? Right. And right. I don't think you can expect a ton from Aaron. I just mean uh, like seeing somebody at, that late in the draft um yeah and i mean guys guys that late can hit you know that definitely can happen right right right. i just i I see a rotational piece that i didn't think was going to be there um and and maybe that's just me looking for something when like you said you have giddy out and trey man struggling to score but that's something we can get into as well Uh, okay well let's i'll I'll let you pick our our next player well you just said okay yeah you just segued it let's go right there to uh the thunder's number 18 overall pick Trey Mann, you want to talk about inefficient, 4 of 15 mm-hmm. from the field, 12 points, 0 of 2 from 3, made all four of his free throws, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 turnovers. Um, my man got robbed by the refs because if you were watching the, the broadcast, straight cookies on that steal. Oh, yeah. He, he, yeah, he stripped that clean. And he, he had a, a – I mean – Oh, I probably, probably was going to be like a highlight dunk, but he had a yeah. dunk at the other end and uh, just got robbed by the refs. But Taylor, my thing continually, the, the, these two games with Trey is 
he's getting to some spots that he likes to get to, and the ball just isn't going in. He had multiple good looks at floaters tonight that just bounced off the rim, front rimmed and, and, and bounced off, uh, just a little off the mark. Um, I don't know, just trying to read his body language. He just he seems like he's still a little holy shit, this is summer league. I'm I'm a little timid. Um I I'm thinking a little Absolutely. too much and in over my head. In, in his, and his form and shooting motion. That's a good point. Definitely. I, I think the biggest thing for me from him tonight, as far as like reading that body language and that uh overthinking the game is there was a lot of plays where he would get a kick out or somebody would swing the ball and he would be open for and then three. Pass it up. And it's, <laughs> yeah, he would pass it up or he would head fake and try to drive in when the three was there. And yep. that's a shot you want him to take. I agree completely. I'm really glad you brought the body language because I was going to mention that as well. Um, you know, he, he's never afraid. I shouldn't say never. <laughs> it's a contradicts a point that we're, we're making. But um, he's not one that's typically afraid to take take the shot or, or shoot from outside or trying to, to create um, for himself and be able to get a shot off. Um, but you could just tell throughout the game, like seeing those shots not go, go in, like you said, his body language change. And that's when we saw, I think in the second half, more than we did the first half, more than we did even in the first summer league game, him passing up some of those outside looks that he absolutely should have, t- uh, should have take rather it was, um, a wide open three or and that he passes up or whether he's driving to the rim and to, you know, two or three defenders um, in the paint. Now, granted, he did have a couple of really nice moves in the paint or when yes. he drove to the rim, being able to manipulate his body and finish through contact, even with two or three defenders on him, which is really uh, pretty awesome to see. And also kind of surprised me. I think I didn't, I don't think I, I, thought of him to be that crafty around the rim i thought of him more as a you know a microwave scorer from outside um you know we kind of talked about this with our our, um our post draft breakdown that we did the the podcast that we did that night but overall i I continue to be optimistic about trey man and actually really excited about him i think the fact that he I, i i talked about you know with wiggins things that will translate um to the nba the actual nba but Trey Mann's able to continuously get his shot off, uh, get to the spots that he wants to get to. They just aren't falling. So when they do start to fall, um, you know, that, that's it's going to be big time. And the fact that he's able to do that now, I think he's absolutely going to be able to do that and create his shot, um, get to his spots at the NBA level. But one thing that does worry me some about Trey just early on is he's going to have to gain some more strength and size. Because yeah. we saw that at the very end. The perfect example was Marshall um, for New Orleans, just completely body <laughs> up front. Granted, he's a very long, strong defender. Um, but Trey Mann's going to be going up against some of those kind of players, especially with the the multiple guards that are on the Thunder roster. Um, Trey Mann might find himself in situations where he's being guarded by more of a small forward or power forward or, uh, in that sense. And so he's going to have to get stronger um, and not let defenders push him off his spots. But Again, he's just so quick, and, and speaking of an athlete, he's an athlete, and so he's going to be able to get his own. It's just a matter of getting that shot to fall, um, fine-tuning those mechanics, and gaining some confidence. Yeah, I, I think putting on weight, putting on strength for him is going to be really important. Uh, I mentioned his stat line, but I just want to touch on it again. Four of 15 from the field, zero of two from three, and that zero of two from three is maybe the biggest number for me, Taylor, I, I, for me, at least, I don't know how other people feel about this, but for me, at least, I feel like his role 
for the Thunder going into next year is going to be like that of a play finisher, right? It's going to be off Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy actions where Trey catches the ball out on the perimeter open to shoot. And that, that, that's what you want him to do. And then from there, start building off the uh, attacking a closeout and using that finesse at the rim to finish. Uh, well, I, if, that, if, if he does do that during the season, which maybe he won't, I don't know. Maybe that's not their plan for him. That's kind of what I see him as, though. You want, like, I think he should have taken like six or seven threes tonight, not two. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think I'm with you completely. I, I, especially, you know, like you said, given the ball handlers on this team already, I think they view Trey Mann to be kind of like a, I, I keep saying that using this term and it's probably overused, but a microwave scorer off the bench um, moving forward in his career. But like you said, like, I think at a certain point, if they're looking at, um, if they're looking long term to when they're like competing for the playoffs and championships again, they they want Trey to be able to become another creator as well. Um, like you said, being you know being able to be a spark plug off the bench and and not only score from outside, being able to score around the rim and then also create for his teammates. But in this specific situation with this team, um, especially over the next couple of seasons, I kind of agree more. I think he's really going to have to. Um, try and become more comfortable with his, his catch-and-shoot threes. Uh, I think that's what they view him as, uh, short-term at least. I also think it would be great for him. I, I think he'd get really comfortable with that once you take some pressure off of him. And like you said, just I, I guess kind of to bring this full circle, in the summer league, he is doing more of the creation. And uh, that, that comfortable – what's the term I'm looking for there? Comfortability. Comfortability. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> it's just not there right now. Um, and I think it will be when he's playing with some of these higher level players like a Shea, like a Dort, um, other players who will create space for him. Definitely. And like you mentioned, he did a lot of primary ball handling tonight. He had seven assists, most on the team. Um, a lot of those were off uh, like pick and rolls where he would uh, dig in a little bit into the paint and then like flip that kind of over the shoulder pass back to uh, the pick and pop guy. And so he, he scored off a lot of those, some driving kicks. Uh, he got some assists. But yeah, he handled the ball a lot tonight, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, and, and I think probably a byproduct of Josh not playing. But whenever we get into the NBA season, like, do we think Trey Mann is going to get ball handling duties over, obviously not over Shea, obviously not over Josh, Right. Is he, is he going to get them over Teo? Is he going to get them no. over Ty Jerome? You know, maybe, but uh, yes, I, exactly. I think he's down that list as far as guys they want initiating offense and more of a guy that they want to be able to score the ball. Now I think they want him to be holistic and rounded and, and that's a process that you work towards, but uh, just, just some interesting things. I, I hope that he can kind of settle in and he can get his confidence. Cause right now it just seems like, He's in a little bit over his head. He's thinking too much, and, and the game is just moving a little fast too for fast him. For him, absolutely. And that that happens, right? That happens to rookies. You hear guys say all the time that you know it took a while for the game to slow down for me. And so we'll see when that happens for him. Uh, I hope he has a little bit. I think just the ball going in the basket will help him a little bit as well. And he just has not had luck with that. Again, I think his looks have been good. It's just the ball hasn't gone in. So. Hopefully we see that happen a little bit more Friday and Saturday. Agree completely. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be really nice to see him gain some confidence heading into uh, training camp and preseason. I agree. 
Definitely. All right. I chose Trey Mann. Uh, you had chose for us to talk about Aaron Wiggins. So it's back to your turn. Who do you want to talk about? Well, let's go ahead and uh, you know stick with the low hanging fruit here. <laughs> In a uh, like I said, a rather uh, not not super deep game of topics to talk about. But Jeremiah Robinson Earl again. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, okay. He didn't quite have the game that he did, obviously, in, in on Sunday night, but just a lot of uh, flashes again. And, and again, another guy, I think, who, who showed a, a lot of attributes over the past two games now that I really think will translate at the next level. Um, obviously, uh, after we podcasted on Sunday, the Thunder signed him um, to a a four-year, what was it, $8 million contract. But yes. But it's the Hinky special, right, where two of those years are guaranteed. Um, last two are, are team options, is that correct? I believe that is correct, yes. Um, so $2 million a year. But just another guy, I mean, again, we, we saw him uh, tonight, especially uh, ex- expanding his range, um, being able to hit from outside, which is huge for a big man. Uh, he, he might be, again, we've talked about this some as well, maybe more of a forward and occasional small ball five. But even then, I mean, you can still classify him as a big man, especially on the summer league roster. And we're seeing him, um, you know, extending his range and being able to open the floor for others, which I think is the, the perfect kind of big, the perfect kind of, uh, I mean, I don't want to say forward, more of a power forward, uh, or like I said, an occasional small ball five that you'd want around guys like Josh Giddy, Shay Gilders Alexander, being able to open up the floor for them. And so uh, I, I continue to be impressed with things that we see from him. Uh, another play that sticks out on the other end of the floor is obviously that that pin, <laughs> the yeah. pin against the backboard uh, block that he had there, I think in the second quarter. Um, he's just a hustle guy. 100%, you know, goes 110% all the time. Uh, kind of like a big man Kenny Hustle in a way. And I, I've really enjoyed watching him. And I think he's, again, another guy who's going to absolutely get some playing time on a roster that's pretty bare in terms of. Yeah. So his, the ugly stats for him tonight three turnovers, six personal fouls. And uh, Summer League, you are allowed 10 personal fouls. So uh, Use them all. it wasn't close to fouling out. Yeah. But three turnovers, six personal fouls. Uh, the positives for him tonight, really everywhere else, a block, two assists, two steals, four rebounds, shot 50% from the field, 50% from three. Uh, yeah, Taylor, I mean, you you really summed it up well. He's just, he's a hustle guy. He Style of play reminds me a lot of Nick Collison minus like the two-man backdoor pass type of game. Um, 
but defensively, he's just kind of all over the place. And, and I might disagree with you a little bit. I think that his main role in the league is going to be small ball five. I don't see him getting as many minutes at the forward because I, I just think the league has shifted so much to where you're playing a single quote-unquote big, and then everyone else are wings that can theoretically pasture shoot. Um, and, and he is just, he's a connector, right? He's a guy that screens well, he rolls, he can catch, catch the ball on a roll. He can pop and shoot. Uh, he can catch on a short roll and pass. Uh, he can do a little bit, a few head fakes here and there. Uh, he, he's got a little bit of, of everything in his bag. He's, he's a jack of all trades kind of guy. He's not great at one thing, but he's just a good at everything. Uh, and I think defensively, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, moves his feet great defensively. Um, you know, has a little bit of that of that athleticism. Uh, uses his body well. He's just. I'm going to keep saying it. I said it last podcast. I'll say it this one as well. The key word for me with him is fundamental. Exactly. He's just fundamentally like coaches are going to love this dude because he does everything the way you tell him to. Yeah, and I agree with you with all your points that you made about him. I just think. With him specifically, like just seeing him being able to guard in the perimeter um, on with his size, being able to utilize his length and strength on the perimeter on quicker, smaller guards already. Um, I think that's something that the Thunder staff will, will absolutely be able to work with. And so I, I think you can play him at that, that forward spot, that Baisley spot, if we're being completely honest. Uh, I'm not saying he should start or anything crazy like that. I just think that's a, a perfect fit for him on this team. And you can still play another bit, quote unquote, big alongside him. Uh, it doesn't have to be a Steven Adams type of five, right? But you could play like Mascala and JRE together and I think have a really solid big lineup there to kind of compensate for not playing a quote-unquote true big. Um, so that's kind of what I mean, I think, when I say he could play some some forward. Um, yeah, no, that, that's... I'm with you on the small ball five. I think that's fair, yeah. And a lineup like that with Mascala and him out there uh, provides a ton of spacing. Like that true. opens up the lane so much for driving lanes. So, okay, uh, I will choose our last guy, Taylor, and that is going to be uh, Teo Maladone. The summer league giveth and the summer league taketh <laughs> away. After a 15.11 assist outing for Teo the other night, tonight he goes 2 of 11 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, 5 turnovers, 5 points, and... You really want to start getting in the weeds. His single game plus minus in a summer league game, uh, game worst minus 27. Uh, Teo just didn't look good. Um, he, didn't, he didn't at all. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks like a guy who had a great game on Sunday night and came out today understanding what this really is and just kind of going through the motions, um, just trying to get through this healthy and um, – not in completely engaged. Not that he wasn't trying or anything, but he just certainly wasn't the aggressive Teo, the locked-in Teo, like we saw second half of last season, um, as well as that first game on Sunday. Uh, I just don't think he was quite engaged, and I think that's completely fair and fine. Yeah, no, I would. I, I think I would agree with that. He just didn't look great at all tonight, and. Just like we preface to people that you can't freak out about his 15 and 11 game the other night. I wouldn't freak That's out about true. it. He's the next Tony Parker, Jacob. <laughs> uh, you know, he, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, Taylor. Uh, played for Tony Parker's team over there. <laughs> no way. 
Yeah. Hey, do you also know that the Thunder have just a ridiculous amount of draft picks? I haven't heard anybody talk about that on any of the broadcasts uh, that the Thunder have in the games the Thunder have played in, including I, I love that the broadcast tonight kept calling Shay just Shay Gilgis. There was no Alexander to it. Um, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl. Yeah, they, they're just like there. There's no that third name doesn't exist. The hyphen isn't really there. SG. And yeah, th- <laughs> yeah, basically. And I don't know. Just listening to the announcers tonight, Brendan Hayward, and I forget who the other guy was, but listen to them talk about the Thunder and what the Thunder are going to do, and blah blah blah. And it was like, man. Just tell me you don't watch the Thunder because they weren't on national yeah, TV. Like, it's exactly. okay. Like, nobody watched them last year. It's fine. But sitting here, like, bullshitting your way through this, uh, I mean, I guess casual fans probably got something out of it. But I'm just like, this. none of this lines up, you know. Anyways, right. b- back to Teo. Yeah, not a great night. I wonder, um, especially if Josh comes back, I wonder if Teo uh, plays Friday or Saturday, to be honest. Um We'll see. So, uh, but but nothing sexy from Teo. And Teo is not a sexy player. Like we saw it all last season. Uh, we've seen it in these two summer league games. He's uh, very much has the game of like just a seasoned vet who doesn't do anything super flashy and just makes the right play. And tonight, shots didn't go in. He didn't look great. And you know, if he does play Friday, he'll come out and probably have just a fine game. It's yep. I don't think there's. If anybody is sitting back thinking like, oh, Teo could be a piece to help us win a championship and a borderline all-star, like, you need help because <laughs> that, that, is, that is not happening. But, I mean, for, for, for what he is, you want all the players to play well and, and progress. And uh, so we'll see what Teo continues to do. I do think him putting on strength, though, putting on weight uh, is good and important for him. So, And you also have to remember, again, he's still like, one of the youngest players on this roster. He is just as young as some of the rookies that just came in this last class. Uh, so he has a lot of growth left in him. He's grown a lot because he's been in a professional system for so long over in France, but he's got a lot of growth left in him. So uh, just wait, exactly. kind of see how it plays out. But where Taylor, let me ask you, where would you put him as far as like guys that you think could be like impact players for the thunder as far as guards? Obviously, Shay is at the top. Where do you you put Teo at? Okay. Um, So, yeah, Shay's at the top. Um, And then Lou. Yeah. Oh, man. We're not going to consider Giddy a guard. I think Giddy's a wing. Right. Um, Like, do you put Teo ahead of or behind? I know we haven't watched Trey much, but in the grand scheme of things, do you think he's ahead of or behind Trey? I mean, I think he's way ahead of Trey just because he has that NBA experience. I mean, we saw it the second half. Well, yeah, but I'm and... I'm talking like five, six oh, years from now. Term. Like, oh, okay, sorry, yeah. I was like, hey, well, right. <laughs> okay. Um, like, see, who is still really who is going to be really the more tough. impactful player? I mean, Trey Mann's going to be putting a, in a hypothetical world where both players reach what we think they're going to be right now. I, I think Trey Mann's obviously going to be the kind of a, a six man kind of player who can come off the bench, provide a, a large uh, spark for your team, can score for your team, can even do some creating at the next level. But at the same time, I think Teo can also be a, a sort of player to come off your bench or potentially even start for you where he's just that steady force that can, can control the pace of the game. Um, 
he's not going to put up the stats. I think that Trey Mann would in this hypothetical situation. But it just kind of depends on what what you value at that point and what fits best with your team, which is a cop out answer. So I'll go <laughs> I'll go ahead and pick one. I think I'll probably go ahead and say uh, I'll go ahead and say Trey, just because I, I do kind of like to. Uh, I mean, I'm a Russell Westbrook fan by nature, and um, I'll always kind of lean towards those guys who who lean on athleticism and flashiness and and can score the basketball because that's what this is all about. When it I think it's fair down to it. But I, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm still very, very high on Teo Maldon and think he, he can play a large role for a team moving forward in his career. And, and I think it will be with the Thunder. I just, um, he's never going to be that flashy player. Kind of, he's, back he's a role player. Early. Like, right, right. I, I see Teo as like an Eric Maynor. Yeah, I actually, I like that a lot. Like that is a that lot. fair? Like, like I, I see, see Teo. Not that he, I don't know, they're kind of different point guards, but almost like a Ricky Rubio in the sense that he's just a solid, steady playmaker. Who controls the pace of the game can create for others, can score when he needs to, but isn't necessarily a scorer. Never going to necessarily be elite, but just always going to be a solid presence that you typically would want on your team. Yeah, I see Teo like a uh, like an Eric Maynard, where I see Trey Mann as just a, a bucket getter yeah. who, if he can put a few things together, can be a really positive contributor for your team. Like I would put long term impact on this team. I would put Trey Mann above Teo. I would put Ty Jerome above Teo. Um, again, that's not taking anything away from Teo, but I think Teo's like best case scenario in the league is like an eighth or ninth man guard, steady hand off the bench for like a, a playoff team, a good playoff team. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. that's not to take anything away from him. I just, I don't know how high his ceiling really is yeah, at the agree. end of the day. Agree. High floor, low ceiling kind of player. Definitely. So, Taylor, we promised the people a shorter podcast. We're at about 40 minutes. Any other thoughts from this Summer League game or any Summer League thoughts before we log out of here? Honestly, not really (laughs) in terms of Summer League. I think, um, yeah, really looking forward to Friday to see if we can get like a Josh Giddy to come in. Um, and have a little more to talk about here. Um, I, I think we really kind of covered the basics from Sunday's game and, and leading into tonight's game. You know, a lot of them overlapped. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens. Definitely. Same. Uh, okay. Well, we will leave it there. Then you guys make sure to come out Friday night, 6 p.m. Central Time. Taylor and I will probably be there about 5.15, I would imagine. Uh, so come out, get yourself a seat, bring some food, bring your friends. Join us at Prairie Tap House, downtown OKC, Prairie Ale Works. We're going to watch the Thunder take on the Golden State Warriors. It should be a blast. Thank you guys for following along. If you don't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your pods from. Leave a five-star rating and a little nice comment while you're there as well. That takes you like 20 seconds, but it means a ton to us. Uh, We will be on Green Room Friday for just a a hangout and a chat um, before the game. And then we will be uh, at Prairie for the game. So you guys can come and hang out with us there. And then we will have another episode for you up uh, Sunday night live stream, 9 p.m. Central Time. The episode will go up immediately after that. So thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. Hope you all have a great end of your week. And we will talk with you soon. Thunder up.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.